Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 85, verses 1 through 2 and 8 through 13. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You pardoned all their sin. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him, and will make a path for his steps. Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Come, let us return to the Lord. For it is he who has torn, and he will heal us. He has struck down, and he will bind us up. After two days he will revive us, on the third day he will raise us up, that we may live before him. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His appearing is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us like the the showers, like the spring rains that water the earth. What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? Your love is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes away early. Therefore I have hewn them by the prophets. I have killed them by the words of my mouth, and my judgment goes forth as the light. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2-10 through 10. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in, your, in our prayers constantly, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you, because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. Just as you know what kind of people we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for in spite of persecution you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and in Achaia, for the word of the Lord has sounded forth from not only from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place where your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols, to serve a living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. Good morning and welcome to the eighth day of Advent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Albany, Oregon. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 85, Hosea 6, and 1 Thessalonians 12. And we are liturgically, in our liturgical work, we are now looking forward to this coming Sunday rather than looking back to the prior Sunday, which ended Wednesday, 
Liturgical weeks, again, go from Thursday to Wednesday, three days before the crown of a liturgical week on Sunday, and then three days after it. So we switch up the readings um, going into uh, Thursday. <clears throat> and uh, I spoke yesterday about not not putting too much of our eggs in the basket of institutions, but also don't put all our eggs in, you know, anti-institutionalism. And it made me think of that uh, in the reading from Hosea, the last verse, for I desire, desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Um, and the entire Levitical sacrificial temple system was an institution um, that was put in place uh, with a specific purpose of keeping God and humanity as close as possible. Um, but as humans do, we became too wrapped up in those systems and the symbols and the language, the lexicon, the, the, the benefits, the, the pomp and circumstance, and we lost sight of what the function of that system was. Instead of it bringing us close to God, it became a thing unto itself. Um, just as the military or the church is an institution made up of people who may or may not be connected on a deep, you know, emotional, spiritual level to its ordained purpose. So that's why I, I sometimes write, I, I think I put it in grunt God, God is a grunt, but if not, I, I know I've written about it several times. Um, and you can also hear about it in the course uh, Intro to the Military or Mill 101. Um, that the, the, you know, the military being an institution and people kind of you know, entering that institution for various reasons. But the institution legally, uh, because that's the way our country was founded by the Constitution and British common law, etc., uh, every institution is at least formally bound to its legal function, right? So if you look up the armed services uh, title in the United States Code, there are four different functions, legally defined functions. And if you think that the military is only about fighting wars, or even primarily about fighting wars, whatever you do, don't read the federal law, the federal code. Because of the four functions, um, going overseas or even remaining here stateside, defending uh, the nation and, and and or advancing its ideals, it doesn't even say advancing, but it's actually the fourth of those roles. The first are like, you know, enforcing, uh, you know, the, the laws of the homeland and the security is something, something, and then following the orders of the commander-in-chief, something, something, um, and so the institution on paper, the formal function of the institution is not to wage wars, but to provide for the, the defense of our homeland. And that doesn't mean, you know, waging wars of convenience. That doesn't even mean waging retaliatory conflicts. That just means making sure that we have everything we need internally to function as a society. Um, now, the military in the modern era, since that was written, has changed and developed. We have total war, we have submersibles, we have secrecy, we have all these other things that our founders probably couldn't have thought of 
um, that ancient philosophers like Aquinas or Augustine, who talked about just war, never could have imagined. And so we get lost in the thing that it has become, and we lose sight of what it was intended to be. Similarly, with the sacrificial system, the Levitical tribe and the high priestly line of Aaron and then Zadok became corrupt. One thing that we lose sight of because it occurs in the intertestamental period and is contained in the books of the Apocrypha that not all Christians read is that the Zadokai line, which you could, you could nominally use to think of as whether the high priesthood is corrupt or not, ended uh, before the Hasmonean period, before the Maccabees. And the Maccabees uh, and the Seleucids, uh, who the Maccabees won freedom from, um, they just began assigning high priests because it was politically expedient. It was a political appointment rather than an ecclesiastical anointment. And you can read more about this in a blog post on the training room titled From Anointment to Appointment. And so the priesthood became corrupt, and everybody knew it. You can't hide the fact that these people were not Zadokites. They didn't have a, a rightful claim to the high priesthood. But the Greek Seleucids said, fuck it. I mean, we're just, we want a puppet in the what appears to us to be the political center of this people. Um, and so the Hasmoneans, the, the Maccabees, reinstituted the temple. They, they won freedom from the Seleucids, and they reinstituted the high priesthood as best they could and made the priests double as the kings, as the rulers of Israel. And that's not exactly the judges that the, you know, the, the Hebrew scriptures um, prescribe as a political system, but it's close. They, the Bible does assume that the high priest carries much of the political weight of the people Israel. They're also the ones who perform all the rites on Yom Kippur for atonement, which I spoke about earlier yesterday, I think, or the day before. Um, and so the priesthood was supposed to be not just this ruler, but it's very servile. They depend on the people for food offerings to eat. Um, they wear these you know, fancy robes that they have to, you know, there's a lot of responsibility with being the high priest. But when Hasmoneans lost control to the Herodians during the Roman era, um, that was solidified and forever the priesthood was not associated with Hebrew scripture. So Caiaphas, for example, who's on, who puts Jesus on trial, every single buddy in that, uh, witnessing that would have known that Caiaphas is a fucking hack. That Caiaphas didn't have any more claim to the high priesthood than some fucking centurion in Fort Antonia. But, Everybody plays along because the system is now a system on its own, divorced and separated from its institutional foundations, from its purpose. Um, now, that isn't to say that it couldn't have been revived. I mean, I have a lot of faith in God to do whatever the hell God wants. Um, but it didn't. Instead, in the 70s, late 60s and into the 70s, um, after Paul is killed, after Jesus has done his ministry, the temple is destroyed completely. And then we have rabbinical, modern rabbinical Judaism on, that has developed on one side of the ancient Hebrew scriptures and Christianity that developed on the other side, um, largely influenced by Saul, but founded on Christ. Um, and so we shouldn't mistake the systems and institutions, whether that's the military, whether that's the church. I mean, don't get me started on the Catholic church 
and uh, the pedophilia or even the, the kind of uh, autocracy that it had effectively gained by the 12th century that led eventually to the Protestant Reformation. Don't confuse the systems for the functions they were created for, including the military. If your supervisor, your NCO, or your officer, my battalion commander said, you know, we would drop weapons in order to protect, you know, if you shot someone um, wrongfully, we'll carry AK-47s and we'll drop them to protect you. He said that openly to the entire company, or, well, company battery, I can't remember, before what would have been my second deployment. And it was one of the precipitating factors for me filing to be a CO. Um, because if you have corrupt commanders, if you have corrupt priests, corrupt high priesthood, um, it doesn't protect you. It means that personal interests are what is driving that institution. So when Micah says, or the, the, you know, the prophets say on God's behalf, I desire not these systems, not sacrifice and burnt offerings, but what they were intended originally to point toward, steadfast love and knowledge of God. The military was originally intended to point toward stability, security, defense, consistency. Um, and now, unfortunately, after two forever convenience wars and the convenient war of convenience of the century in Vietnam, people rightly have lost trust in the military. I don't blame anybody for blaming these things or you know getting upset at the military. But we also can't go on the other side and blame the individuals in a system who joined for a myriad number of reasons, we can't put that moral blemish upon them. We have to be able and willing to distinguish the difficulties of working within that system and the individual actions that they choose to take that reflect who they are and how connected they are to the institution's um, intended purpose, whether that's steadfast love and knowledge of God or defense of our homeland and security and peace at home. A prayer for the mission of the church from the Book of Common Prayer. Ever-living God, whose will it is that all should come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ, inspire our witness to him, that all may know the power of his forgiveness and the hope of his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Or, if you serve military families, subscribe to First Forward, a paid subscription feed providing commentary on Sunday lectionary texts a week in advance. Use it for sermon prep or just because you support the troops. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instruction will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in an episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off of air. So there you have it three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I haven't convinced you to fall in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family.
Semper Familia. Thank you.